to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this pod, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host Fiona Lamb and I'm joined by Emma Phillips and Nat Morgan. Tracy Kick is out with a broken schedule. And Kiwi, Coach Kiwi, who was out with a broken wing, uh, is now out with a broken van. Uh, she was travelling uphill and down Dale to make it for tonight's show, and Tommy, her van broke no, down oh, on the Tommy way. the van, but it was Rodney the driver. That's right. Shout out to Rodney from Miranda Carring Bar Towing in the bright yellow trucks who picked her up about an hour the other side of the border. Yay, it's Rodney. been a good chatty ride, she said. And they even chatted, chatted women's footy. So, so is, is Kiwi going to burst through the door any moment? Look, I'm thinking there's still a possibility. Put so your foot uh, we're down, on Rodney. Hooks. <laughs> That's right, Rodney. <laughs> now, these are uncertain times with the coronavirus affecting all aspects of people's lives. And precautions that businesses and the community are being asked to take escalating on a daily basis and sometimes within a few hours. As such, 2SER is taking responsibility to limit the volume of visitors to the studio and this will be our last live radio show for the time being. Which makes us feel a little bit sad, but we completely... And Jeremy, I think they're saying that we're dirty street people who aren't allowed back in here. Is that what they're saying? (laughs) Maybe not. Just you, Nat. (laughs) (laughs) But we we do respect and fully support that decision and uh, we do hope to be back as soon as we possibly can be, whether that is this season or next season. But on that note, we don't actually know what the hell's going on, do we? Let's talk about coronavirus and how it's uh, affecting the league. Well, first of all, um, after Friday night's game uh, at GMHBA Stadium, Geelong versus... I'm sorry, who? North Melbourne. North nice Melbourne. one, Fee. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, that was the last opportunity for any supporters to turn up to a match. As it turns out, it was very cold weather and I don't think people were in, feeling encouraged to go. So it probably wasn't more than 500 people anyway. And it was a little bit up in the air, wasn't it? As the afternoon went on on Friday, will the game go on even? So to jump on a train or head down the road out to uh, Geelong, it was a big ask of a lot of people. But those who went are part of history now, aren't they? That's right. And our coach Kiwi is one who answered the call, even with her broken hand and holding on with one hand on the the train. Did the van make it to Geelong? No, no, she caught the train down. Oh, right. So... Uh, let's talk about what that means. No spectators. Well, I can say this weekend was going to be my first opportunity um, to attend a match in person. I beg your pardon. I did attend at Witten Oval when I was in Melbourne, but I haven't been to a Giants game yet, and this was going to be my first game at Giants Stadium, and uh, I'm going to miss out now. Well, I did notice, though, on all the telecasts, you weren't meant to go, but there was a fence around most of the suburban grounds. You just stood on the other side of that cyclone fencing. There were plenty of people. Did you see there were cars backed up at some sort of sections and other people sitting in trees and hanging off the fences? So it was good to see that people still thought we're going to get there no matter what. Yeah. And far enough away from the players that they weren't, you know, 
casting germs across the field or anything like that. Uh, so do, you think, do you think there's a run out on binoculars as much as hand sanitizer at <laughs> the moment? There could be. Must remember binoculars. I keep That's on it. forgetting to take them. Pack the binoculars, <laughs> indeed. So it was. It was a wacky, a wacky game and a, a wacky weekend of football. Really, you didn't know what to expect. And unfortunately, there was some absolutely fantastic cracker games. And to not have a crowd to actually witness it was really disappointing. I imagine yeah. the TV viewing numbers were up. Yeah, I don't know that they have the means to collect data on people who are watching using the um, AFLW app, do they? You'd you'd bloody well hope so, really. You're divvying (laughs) them up between uh, the Channel 7, 7 Mate, and then Foxtel, plus the app, so I'm not sure. But look, there were some good games and we'll get into them later, but I think we'll sort of tackle where the game's going and what the AFL are going to do, because we've all just slipped into our um, lab coats and our stethoscopes, so we're... (laughs) We're professionals and experienced and we've all read up a lot. So that makes us experts on coronavirus. So stay tuned to see what you need to do, folks. (laughs) Just Just donning my PPE whilst we're at it. Just on that point about the fans, though, I, there were a couple of players that were uh, interviewed during the week or after the weekend, I should say, and AFLW and AFLM players about playing without crowd, you know, without uh, people watching the game mm. and how much it is about the fans. And you know, we play these sorts of sports, not just football, but so many sports for the fans, you know, what is it to have a season without fans? And of course, with the end of the AFL, or more or less the end of the AFLW season, the AFLM is about to start. What is it to play without fans? Is it- well, there was, <laughs> there was a suggestion by one Twitter, um, one tweep. Uh, God, I wish I could remember who it was. So funny. He said every week should should be – no, this was a different one. Every week one fan should be nominated and they handed a microphone and they're allowed to say ball as loud as they want throughout the game, even when it's not appropriate. She's been doing and it all day. She's been doing it all day. <laughs> and free access to the beer taps. That was the best bit though, wasn't it? <laughs> so the abuse through the microphone would, would have got better and better. That's there right. have been plenty of suggestions throughout the week. But, yeah. Um, the, well, talking about playing in front of fans or not, both the NBA and Formula One, both some of the big name plays and that have said, well, if we're not doing it for the fans, who are we doing it for? Why are we playing? And yet the AFL at this moment are quite happy for us to play our game in front of no one, but team support basically at this stage. I saw uh, Western Bulldogs, one of their young players, had a rookie game this week and they had to get her parents on Skype or on some sort of Facebook feed to be there as part of the announcement in the in the change rooms, which is nice that they were part of it, but it's just not the same as being in the room, is it? But And then you also have to weigh that up against the people who did either break in or make it in or they allowed certain people in, I don't know whether they decided, well, we've all travelled together and we've all been staying together and maybe it's reasonable for us to remain together at this game. Um, but that just pisses me off, really, mm. that, that some parents missed out, family members and supporters missed out on a uh, player's debut because they were following the rules. Yeah, look, it's tricky and the madness about you're not allowed to shake hands with opposition players, you have to use the elbow or whatever you're doing and yet during the game they're tackling, they're slamming in the ground, they're hot and sweaty all over each other and yet you can't shake hands at the end of the game. So there's a few little odd anomalies at the moment in the whole process of the game going ahead and by the the weekend, in fact by the time this pod finishes or this show finishes. Yeah, there'll be new news. Oh, new news for Likely sure. Likely to be, yeah. yeah it's probably <laughs> changes by the hour, doesn't it? <clears throat> it does. But, so it's... It is any kind of 
respiratory illness is spread by droplets, so that means coughing or sneezing, uh, and where those droplets land and how those droplets are then transferred. So just really think about what it means to be a player where you, you're slamming bodies into each other, you're having a lot of physical contact. You're also reaching into your mouth and you're taking your mouth guard out at various Sharing times. Sharing the drink bottles? Yeah. I think that I mean I think they did try to curb that and they were trying to make everyone have their own drink bottles but it's it I just can you see the the runner or the trainer running out with you know two whole trays either side what's your name alphabetical your number? order yeah that's it that's it <laughs> form an orderly line that's what happens in cricket but it's much more easy much, it is much <laughs> easier motion, for police slow motion game that one although the Sheffield yeah. Shield just been cancelled so mm. cricket of Taken it on board, haven't they? But yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know. It's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? I think it's a bit of a mess, and I think that the players are being toyed with. I think that they know that they are completely at the mercy of the AFL. Well, what and... did you think about the AFL pretending? Well, sorry, the AFL asking the players' association what they want to do, how they want to wrap this season up, and they. I think they gave them some options, and it was interesting that the players actually chose an option that wasn't one of them. Is that correct? Should, well, should we just yeah. clarify for listeners that this was this morning, wasn't it, that the AFL Players Association <laughs> right. put this – time is kind of – And that was reported by Sam compression. Lane. Sam yes. Lane reported that. Is that, that the one we're talking about? Yep, yeah. and she said that the AFLW players were were surveyed by the AFL Players Association. And given four, four choices. Yep. Mm. that were to, let's see if we can get this right, to play the season out as it stands without any changes, to finish the season right now completely, no more games, to play a grand final this weekend between Fremantle and North Melbourne, who each sit atop their respective tables, or to, now what's the other one? I think play, start the finals this weekend, wasn't it? Yes, would be the top three in each conference would play off. But the Players Association came back with With something different altogether. Let's have the top four in each conference because I think what they're taking into account is the fact that teams are coming into form, some are playing some lesser sides, and they don't think it's fair that they don't get an opportunity to take that third spot with a week taken off. There could be some movement, which in and of itself, I, I agree with that. However, Nat Morgan, you made a very good point earlier today, saying they weren't asking the players about. Oh, <laughs> about look at the season four years ago, or even at the start of this season, no one asked the players' association how they wanted this competition to be run. How many teams? How many clubs? How many rounds? How many finals? It was pretty much, oh, and the pay. It was a bit, bit much like. This is what you're getting. So the fact they're now asking them, I think, is all just a little show because what will happen is either the state government or the health professionals or the you know the Australian government will say all games are to stop, and then the AFL can say, well, we consulted with the female players. I think it's just for them to tuck in their back pocket in future discussions and saying that you know we embrace the game and we want want the best for the women. I don't mm. actually think they do. I think it's all just a toy. I agree, Nat, and it should also be said that they've they've. Uh, surveyed the male players, consulted with the male players, and and what did they say about the women's process. comp? <laughs> oh, it was a different question. No, no, was it? I think that's where I want you to mention our our fr- friend of the pod, and certainly friend of mine and Kiwis, uh, Nikki Clare. Oh, well, that was her tweet. She came up with the suggestion that perhaps um, the, the men could play two conferences, <laughs> and the f- and the fact that the men's comp has come back to playing each other once, the luxury. Imagine if the women got to play each other once. That's all yep. we've been asking for for yeah. two weeks, uh, sorry, two seasons. 
So it's like they're taking a backward step. That would be a f- mm. leap forward for yeah, the women. That's right. So, so may it continue yeah, for them exactly. and for us. Exactly. So 17 rounds each, something like that? Yeah. Or at least play each other once? Well, f- uh, 14 teams, so 13 weeks for the women. Yeah. yeah. And then and finals. 17 yeah. for the men. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Perfect. Not too much to and they always, ask. I remember as Dangerfield, the Players Association rep, he's saying, oh, we're so tired, it's so hard, we haven't got time, we need more rest rounds. Perfect solution. A bit longer for us, a bit shorter for them, and it fits into good playing conditions through about April to October, something like that. Yeah. So Jude, Jude Bolton was Solved. was saying, let's do this. And I said, I agree, Jude Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about how our lives are impacted by the coronavirus because we do actually, it may not seem like it, but we do actually meet before we record this pod. We At broadcast to you. Uh, and so we were discussing how the messages are changing, not just daily, not just twice daily, but sometimes hourly and sometimes a couple of times within the hour, which I guess at the moment we're comfortable with rolling with, but we appreciate that it can create anxiety for uh, for some people in the community. And uh, Nat? Oh, look, I'm lucky personally with, I work outdoors, I've got my own gardening business, I don't employ anyone, so I'm in the fresh air, I work on my own, I'm not spreading germs to anyone, and I think basically if you can sort of afford a gardener, you can afford to continue having a gardener in these times, we haven't hit recession time, so I'm lucky. Uh, My son plays trumpet at the state level and things like that, and that's all been cancelled, the South Coast Tour, the Anzac Day special, you know, show they were going to put on and in fact all their rehearsals have been cancelled too and my partner's a teacher in the public system and I don't think they'll have classes at the end of this week. So yeah, um, personally in terms of my own work and income I'm safe but I know a lot of other people are going to cop it harder. Yeah, yeah. look it's I've I've got you know certain comforts as well and I'm, I'm doing a PhD at the moment which is obviously something I can do from home and you know it pays me a very small wage enough to get by in Sydney just but um, beyond that you know I'm a photographer a freelancer and that's obviously just you know pretty well being shut away at the moment so there's not much access to income there I also teach casually at UTS and they just announced this week that there'll be a week off classes so we haven't heard yet whether there's payment I'd assume not that there's payment coming through for us um, they'll pick up next week in some form I suppose online um, you know we also have the situation my um my, my stepson is now home from school, so we made the decision to keep him out of school because there were, actually was an outbreak at his school. So, you know, we have that, I suppose, as a, you know, wonderful to have him around. So but an can extra I just pressure. stop you there? Just, just rather than using the word outbreak, you, you do mean <laughs> yeah. that, that of someone pimples. tested We're talking positive. teenage someone, boys here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, that's just, right. just, just correct my language. That's not Outbreak sounds so much dramatic, more dramatic, though, Fee. <laughs> the two SER listeners are screaming Indeed. at the no, moment, no, that's racing fair, from their fair me up for that. It, one case apparently was uh, you know, confirmed. Which, confirmed, yes. Which is really, really serious. Mm. Yep. So, uh, so he's at home, and you know, we're trying to manage, um, I suppose, uh, you know, him and and not us not working while we've got him home and um, making homeschooling. Homeschooling sounds like fun. Oh. Him. School of the air. <laughs> if only listeners could see the look on my face right now. <laughs> and what about, about you? So, yeah. So I um, as. I think I've made clear I do many things and some of them are good. For They're me. all good. <laughs> They're all fantastic, Fee. So I run, I direct two a cappella choirs in Sydney. And yesterday afternoon, as far as I was concerned, everything was um, 
hunky-dory. We were going along as planned and meeting this week. And then last night, that all changed. I, I just had more information at my fingertips. I'd listened to the various other um, community events that had shut down. And um, as a muso, I, I pay attention to every festival that shuts and, and all the ones I would like to go to if I could afford to. And Blues Fest is shut down. The Blues Blue Mountain Festival is shut down. Um, and then started to to see on uh, social media that my friends who are choir directors elsewhere were shutting down their rehearsals. So uh, last night I shut down two choirs and uh, everyone has been really understanding, which is great. But what, (laughs) I mean, the the simple fact is if you are standing next to each other and you're usually shoulder to shoulder, shoulder, uh, you're breathing in and out frequently there, there is, what I said before, the droplet effect is actually in place there. So it's it's a real concern, a real consideration. If anyone is unwell, they are going to spread it in that environment. So, um, yeah. In that scenario, also, you're not getting paid. And so you don't actually have to contract the disease or the virus, do you, uh, to lose out? Exactly. Money-wise, yeah. so it affects so many people in so many different ways, but, and, and, and like everyone, it gets better. yeah, yeah, like everyone making these decisions, I would never ever forgive myself if somebody contracted this um, this virus in an event that I was overseeing. I should add to that too by saying I coach an under 16s footy team, and that just as as of a half an hour ago, I think, looking at the updates. Um, the season's now been pushed out till the 31st of May at this point, um, having been scheduled to start in April, and all training has been suspended. So, you know, that's a quite a serious impact as well. And um, with the NEFL getting shut down as well, like I've got a, my best friend's son, Matty Ling, he got um, picked up by the Swans in the draft three years ago now, and he's had sort of a run of injuries, and now NEFL's shut down. If he can't play the twos, there's no chance of him playing in the ones. It's really frustrating for everyone, and yeah. his contract's up at the end of this year, so right. it would be a stressful time for him and his parents, and uh, yeah, it's it's hard for everyone, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and so we've seen the um, dreadful scenes of people punching, <laughs> punching each other. I didn't mean it, okay? Paper. Just one punch, all right? <laughs> I'll give you some blue paper and that, all right? Thank you. <laughs> I actually I donated two rolls to a colleague today who who has has not managed to replenish her stocks. It's and even actually Beck Goddard was was making a call out on Twitter because she'd run out. So uh, yeah, reach out to people, and that, I guess that's the thing. The a lot of us were despairing after the um, community spirit and the generosity that that was demonstrated uh, during the bushfire crisis. Uh, it felt as if that had gone away. But um, out of adversity comes not only opportunity, but some kindness and compassion. So there's a lot of community um, spirit being demonstrated with people reaching out to the neighbours and saying, I can provide this service. I'll I'll buy groceries for you. Um, someone actually reached out to my mum who was feeling very down on Sunday night. and uh, So one of her neighbours send her a message and said I can I can go to the shops for you if you need it um, and that meant the world to her at the time helped to get a good night's sleep um, so I guess that that's a good thing that we're seeing that um, community spirit what we're also seeing is the the podcast uh, sisters and brothers or, or sister and brethren brethren <laughs> I don't know what 
what the actual term is, but I really must recognise our friend Peter Holden, who is the host of Wharf Radio, Women's Australian Rules Football. Um, he has a live show and podcast on RSN Carnival. And as soon, and I'm saying as soon because it was within seconds of me posting the notice to Twitter that we were going to make this our last show, Peter Holden has offered to host us and other community radio AFLW podcasts in the short term. Um, And we just love you for that, Peter Holden. Thank you. Thank you. Now. Can we bloody talk about the football? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. What do you want to say, Nat? Oh, can't we get on to the Giants Adelaide winning oh, match? Look, what do you reckon? We bloody should. Were you watching? Of course. Were you I was yelling? There. I was there. I did was, you have to apologise? Well, I wasn't there. I was there on the couch. To, uh, <laughs> to your neighbours like I did again? Oh, look, I was just <gasps> I was so, so happy. Excited. And it did get stressful, didn't it? Because it was, uh, I at first I thought, oh, I've said the wrong ground because it's High Sense Stadium apparently, but it really is Richmond Oval. They've just renamed it with, they have. with licensing rights or whatever. And the Giants so, hung on for a five-point win, <sighs> but it was a long, drawn-out process getting to that point. I felt like the Giants dominated, and yet they were never that far ahead that they couldn't get that beat. That they could relax. So it was but great atmosphere. it was such a different team, don't you reckon? It was. Em, were you a viewer? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was hugely exciting. I mean, they did look like a different team, didn't they? Something just clicked for the Giants. It, you know, I don't think Adelaide really played that badly, and they still have a bevy of superstars really across every line. But the Giants just clicked. Um, we certainly have to look to Elise Parker for, I think, you know, each week we talk about her capacity as a footballer. And we do. I, every and week. Every week, do yeah. we? Literally every week. Should we stop at this point? No, I thought she had a really not. classy game, a particularly classy game, just a really cool head when it was needed, you know, really led, I think. She had time and made the right judgment every single time. Didn't get caught with the ball. It was like the game stood still around her. She seemed to be able to just f- slow things and pick the right target every time. And maybe she's affecting her other teammates or, or maybe they all have got this dose of cool, but they just seem to take a little bit more time to make some decisions. They're connecting so well. They're working together as a team. Um, Surprising because they are a team. But uh, it was, of course, Cora scored a few scorer points. And I did see that nickname has been taken up. It has. I know. You started something. I started something. I'm hoping I can claim that. Between a dour affair and Scorer's Staunton. (laughs) I saw that uh, it was Elise Parker on her her Twitter or (laughs) Instagram called out Scorer (laughs) and the club said, oh, that name's catching on. I'm thinking, where's my kudos? Where's my credit? Tag me in it. So, no, look, I'm happy to share that with the club. So um, They they just connected so well between the... in between each line, that everything yeah, just they, they so use, well. They, they use their handball game say, really well. And you look yeah. at the stats; their handballs were extraordinary, uh, a bit um, extraordinarily beyond Adelaide's. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know that that shows that they're working for each other and they're prepared to actually run to the spot and help each other when needed. So, and they had to sort of handle with uh, like Jess, Jess Allen was a late out as well. Um, she had some flu symptoms, and so uh, Good Sir came in and she had a blinder of a game for a first match. I was so happy for her. She said I had no time to think about it. So I think it was like she couldn't get nervous and so she just played some really good football. I was happy for her. Eva, Captain Eva was out again and yet... Oh, uh, she was on the sidelines screaming along. She was uh, riding every kick and bump, wasn't she? She was really pumped. Um, Lisa Steen did some great things in defence. I was wrapped with some of her moves. She looked really smooth and she was calm under pressure at times. 
I'd really like Privatelli to hold more marks than what come her way. Yeah, she was spilling a lot, was, wasn't she, yeah. at the moment? But uh, luckily it didn't cost us anything. Uh, Tate Mackerel. Look, we probably won't get to, with our show tonight, get down to it, but she picked up the Rising Sun Award. Um, Star. Star. Rising Sun, Rising Star, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Sharing it with um, Izzy Huntington from uh, Western Bulldogs. So that's uh, good. That might be the last two that get put through to the system. Both of them played last year but only picked up one game each or something like that last year. So it's funny. I feel like they're both senior players but uh, they're both young enough, Mm. both under the 21 at the start of the season. So good on them getting their NAB Rising Sun nominations. Um, Star. Star. (laughs) I've got all their surnames right. I just can't get the award right. Um, they, I was, I was very happy for him. I've been calling for Tate for since the practice match against Brisbane. That's I'm saying put right. Tate in, and look what she you went and did. Right. Alan, they finally listened to you. Nat. That's it, Coach yeah. Natty. I'm not only yeah. a doctor tonight; I'm a coach <laughs> as well. Thank God you're here. That's it. Luckily. Now, can we do it? Can we do a special shout out to Cora Staunton right now and all the other Irish women? To be sure, to be sure, to be sure, in the AFLW because it is St Patrick's Day. It is, and it is. I think. You know, for all the jokes, I think it is important to acknowledge that, you know, the Irish and the Australians do share some lovely synergies around their respective football codes. And we now have, I believe it's 18 AFLW players and we're 34 players across men's and women's uh, AFL in the country, but 18 AFLW players. So big shout out to those women on St. Patrick's Day. Um, and I think Cora probably, you know, we'd love to talk about the Sydney women and she, I would say, is leading those Irish women really. How, she's been here four years now, is that right? Yeah, I think yeah, she's she's the first of the bunch, definitely. And we, we, you know, got through that horrific injury late last year, and this is round four, so she wasn't here for round one. So this will be her third. But yeah. thank God the Irish girls are here in Australia because there's nothing happening back home. Oh, they shut the pubs. They've All shut the, the pubs. pubs shut. They've shut the parades down. There's That's, no Guinness to be had. I'll tell you what, you know, excuse my language, but you know the shit has hit the fan when the Irish have shut the pubs. <laughs> yeah, we think we've got it bad. That's Man, right. it's cruisy. Yeah, yeah. And so um, Coach Kiwi has been following the, the development with um, Irish players joining our game. And there's sometimes that... On the one hand, it's very exciting to get these players who have the Gaelic back, Gaelic game as their background. And then there's a little bit of pushback sometimes from people saying, can't we focus on local players? And, and I agree with both, both sides of that. But uh, if you happen to notice, uh, if you happen to read the original rules of the game, there were only 10. And I wish Coach Kiwi was here to remind me which one it is. It might be Rule 8. It's the rule that says no player shall pick the ball up off the ground with their hands. So the ball had to be kicked up from the ground. Mm. And I, I absolutely believe that Marnbrook is the original game in this country. And I think it also needs to be said that the Irish game has uh, has influenced the game we see today as, as Aussie rules. Where does that come from? The kicking, kicking the ball up off the floor, off the ground. It comes from Gaelic football. Mm, from the Irish. So, uh, but, so, but now we've got the kicking in danger rule. They're not allowed to do it so much, are they? Not yeah, not if there are hands around there. Mm. And the last thing on the Irish, um, ex Collingwood player, um, Eilish Ross, I think her name is now playing for Richmond. Yep. The problem with no crowds coming to watch, no spectators, she had to, in the third quarter, jump over the fence, gather the ball, jump back to <laughs> no, take a kick. She ball, did. No, there was no one there to no pick it up for her. So that was a highlight. Again, isn't it? <laughs> it yeah. was community footy, back to grassroots. Oh, well, that'll be new for the men players, won't it? <laughs> what will they do? <laughs> 
actually having to pick up a ball for themselves. All right, so you're listening to the Coat Hanger Football Radio on 2SER 107.3. We hope to be back in your ears on a Tuesday in the near future on a, at 7pm. Uh, you can access our podcast with additional content in the fifth quarter where you usually get our pod, get your podcasts. Follow us on socials, Twitter, Insta and Facebook. And for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune, tune in, in to, to the, the Code Hanger. Hanger. Welcome to the fifth quarter of the Code Hanger. We are going to review all of the games from last week. Well, maybe we don't need to talk that much about the Giants. Let's start with... Geelong Cats versus North Melbourne Roos. Okay, so this was, I mean, a very pleasing match from a North Melbourne perspective, of course, as Geelong kicked the first three goals of the match, I think it was, and ran out winners 66-20 to 20 in the Conference A clash. So I think North, uh, having three goals down, um, terrible, terrible injury, of course, to um, Nina Morrison, a terrible ACL at the point that they were up. And then things really shifted for them. And you could really see the whole field just shifting. I think not just the Geelong players, but the North players were affected by that too. Yeah. Anyone who's ever played footy, seen an opposition player go down, you all sort of feel it. Look, in saying that, obviously Geelong are going to be more affected than North. So they And look, I've got to step in here and say that one of the commentators criticised Mel Hickey, captain of Geelong, for getting upset. And I just think, back in your box, my uh, friend. I understand both ways because everyone's sitting on their couches – was feeling sick and sad. So we understand where she was coming from. But as soon as you see your captain and your leader panic or lose the plot, you then do the same thing as well. You think, well, if she's worried, I'm really worried now. Or And so I understand both sides of things, but there's nothing wrong with a bit of human emotion. And it was it was heart-wrenching. Yeah. And, and let's terrible. remember that uh, Mel Hickey went through her ACL experience. Then she took Nina Morrison under her yeah. wing uh, when she went through hers, so they and she had just actually talked in an interview. I can't remember who with um, in the week before, saying, "Yeah, we're really close, and here's why." So uh, I completely understood the the emotion. She she also like she did pull herself together, and then she had a few laughs and stuff, and she was getting around all the players and and trying to settle them. So I don't I don't see that she did anything wrong. Um, I just, I think we've got to allow our players to be human. Oh, nah, Fee, I just think of Tom Hanks in a league of their own, watching his player crying, you know. There's, <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. I know Tom Hanks is a taboo topic at the moment, but <laughs> there's no crying in baseball. Yeah, look, it was tough, but Geelong, it totally affected them. They did not score after that five-minute mark of the second quarter. The North kicked 10 goals. Yeah, 10 unanswered. unanswered. Yeah, yep. six yep. in the third, and then they just kept rolling on, and it was party games after that, wasn't it? It really was. You know, look, they were at almost peak form, I would say, and you could see them just having a good time was like a training drill wasn't it um not many fans down there that was the last game before they shut the gates coach kiwi was there yeah indeed and i had i I wasn't there i had heard on the grapevine though that north fans turned out reasonably well in fact that there were north more north fans than geelong fans despite it being a geelong home game and north showed up with a banner and things like that so you know that might i mean you know your team's going well maybe that's indicative of the interest in north but um you know props to them for heading down the highway on that one they weren't allowed to to raise their banner, though, were they? Because isn't that the fans who do that? So, is that correct? I don't know. I haven't heard. But I thought North Melbourne had a banner. I think they just. It was in subsequent games that they weren't allowed to. That would have been the last last banner. The last banner. Last banner. Someone write a song about the last banner. (laughs) That's right. I know. I know. Who could do it? Not me. 
So North North won in almost every stats department, and look, I have to mention Jazz Garner again with three goals, yeah. and she just has absolutely put her mark on this competition. Um, I think it's probably fair to say she's performing the best of anyone in the comp at the moment, and she kicked a sensational goal in the last quarter as well that I think is probably going to be up there for goal of the year. Um, ably supported by the usual crew through the midfield, Emma Carney and uh, Ash Riddell is really coming on as someone who's sort of been fairly under the radar, I think. Um, also, Emma King was swapped into the ruck. Finally, I've been hoping she'd go back there at some point this year, having not really fired in the forward line. And she just got that engine room going in the midfield for them. So, you know, look, there's nothing much you can say about North that's negative at the moment. The but, only thing would be that Maddie McMahon did keep um, Caitlin Ashmore very quiet. Yeah, even though she had the long sleeves on again. Yeah, I know. Well, she <laughs> used up all the luck last week, obviously. <laughs> so she was held. But I did notice that um, Emma King... The very last minute of play, uh, ball throw in, and she went to punch it with the right hand, and she recoiled in a bit of pain and was holding it uh, to herself after the game. So I don't know if she popped a knuckle or did something. She certainly hurt herself. She's mm. not in the list of injuries, but there might be a bit of strapping or taping on her this week. You don't want her getting injured, do you, mm. if there is, you know, heading into the finals. You need her on the on the field. A quick yeah. nod to Meg McDonald from Geelong. I haven't talked much about their players, but that she was just sensational in the back line as per usual and kicked her first goal in AFLW. It was as, good. As a nothing back. better. Yeah, as nothing better running back penalty. through the yep. field, pig, high-fiving every pig single player. power, <laughs> I reckon. Did pig, you say pigtail pig power? Pigtail power. Oh, there's the banner. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to Geelong. Let's not. Let's move on to uh, Brisbane Lions versus Collingwood Magpies. Yeah, Mighty Magpies was so happy with them. It was unexpected. Oh, look, I did pick them to win, but I really thought it'd be a tighter tussle. The final score was uh, fourteen to forty-three, so that's a big win. But up until three quarter time, there's only a couple of goals in it. It could yeah. have been anything, but Collingwood uh, stood strong and held Brisbane scoreless in the last quarter, which is a pretty impressive thing to do. There were a couple of good um, um, markups. Um, Ludkins took Darcy, and Darcy could not kick a goal to save a life oh, uh, up until God. the very end. I think she finally she, got one. But Sarah Darcy yes. got knocked around a bit, didn't she, in the game? There were oh, yes. well, Ludkins really was marking her. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's a, the strength and her beauty that she really makes you. Earn your keep. And mm-hmm. so she was holding her marks but couldn't then kick it. Everything was just about five metres out. I don't she think had an almost game. Almost game. Um, Collingwood didn't uh, do very well right on their goal line. They could have shepherded one or two goals through, I thought. I felt like they just sort of stood and watched rather than used their body was to it, work a bit harder. It was harder. more than 10 behinds, wasn't it? Uh, Collingwood are 5 13. So, yeah, yeah, the score could have yeah, been a total yeah. blowout. Uh, I was happy. Um, Ebony O'Day, I love her game. She throws herself into everything. She's really strong, did some beauty tackles and took a couple too, mind you. She'll give and take, so I was happy with her. Just a reminder, she was on the Giants list and she did not too. play a game. No, but more fool them. Yeah, I We reckon. should put a list together of all the players that GWS have let go. I reckon I, you could put together yeah. a pretty solid side. If I we get another, another week or two before the finals and maybe just do the pod and not the live show, we might be able to do something like that I along reckon. those lines. Yep. Look, another couple of standouts just before we go. Oh, well, Shani popped her finger. Uh, well, not just popped that. it. wasn't dislocated. Also a bit of bone sticking out, so a compound fracture. <laughs> compound. She but freaked out her teammates, didn't she? Oh, you wouldn't want to have a look at that. Oh, I think God. she freaked out the physio too. So she got it sort of taped up and uh, got to stand on the sideline and cheer for a little while for but the rest the, of the game that, with enthusiasm. That will be her for the rest of the yeah, season, you don't, surely. I don't think you can You don't mess around that. with that kind of thing. And she'd been playing so well too, which is disappointing. Yeah. 
Um, and Emily Bates for Brisbane is on report for slamming into the back of Darcy. As you said, she was copping a bit. Uh, she got reported and can accept, a, I think, a, fi- a fine for that, for the, her rough rough conduct. Yeah. So. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll cover um, tribunal Reports. stuff yep. in a no separate troubles. section, if that's okay. Let's look at St Kilda versus Tigers. Well, I was... Pleased to be right. <laughs> I think we, did we? Did everyone go? Oh, we did. Didn't we all go for St Kilda? We mustn't no, have. There was no reason to pick to. Richmond yeah. leading up to it, and even less <laughs> yeah. from now on. Lowest score ever. No goals. Three points. That's uh, yep. Pretty odd. Really ordinary. Um, it's disappointing that a team that had some really good names on paper, and it's not just the big names. They've got some good other solid players. And look, Conti. Unbelievable! I know. But did you see her in, face? She was in tears. She was actually crying as she walked off the ground she afterwards did because you know what she was thinking. Possible. I left professional basketball for this, yeah. and no one else is trying. And that's the worst part is that she's got no support. You don't mind working your guts out and giving up other careers if you've got support around you, but she's got nothing at the moment. Yeah. Um, Katie Brennan's gone for the rest of the season. I saw, so she's not about to come back. And that's a Sabs really is serious lucky to kick injury, a goal again. Yeah. yeah. All the best to KB because uh, that's she hasn't been able to to. She's been in dark rooms since mm. the um, concussion. She hasn't been able to tolerate light. I think that's, that's a least very, of their problems at Richmond. Serious. They've got a oh well, of messy course, house. Of there. course, but I just mean in coach, terms of yeah. the individual yeah, true. Uh, player. But yeah, let's get on to the well, coaching the issue. The assistant coach uh, left after disagreements with the way the team was being run. It's such a short season. If you can't cop it and you can't all work together, there's it's a real mess down there. No matter how it was all brought together and great little podcast telling it how good it is at Richmond, it's not good at all. <laughs> it's, it's not. A, it's a real mess. So I hope and, they can uh, sort it out in I, the off-season. It's a real shame that couldn't be sorted out behind closed doors. Mm. But um, to the outside world, it looks like there really is a problem and the, the uh, coaching program, the plan, needs challenging. Mm. And changes too. Yeah. Highlight was Isabel Huntington on the microphone. How good was she as a commentator? She was good, wasn't <laughs> From she? From the very first opening sort of stanza, she was brilliant. Smooth, yeah. controlled, newer stuff. And I really enjoyed listening to her more so than some of the other commentators out there. Mm. But for Richmond, uh, for St Kilda, sorry, seeing they won so nicely, 42 to 3 with that 39-point margin, um, Caitlin Greiser. G-Train. Oh, She's unreal. Just love watching her play. She runs and runs and runs and brings other players into the game. She's not just going for the glory herself. She's all over it. So good on her. Happy with it. Done. Speaking into the microphone really clear and loudly, everyone. Apologies. (laughs) All right, let's move on to uh, Melbourne Demons versus Carlton Blues. Well, we saw the return, the second return. Second coming? No. Uh, (laughs) Perko was back and it was good that she was back for a second week. I was pleased that she was. Oh, I felt like she didn't do as much as the oh, week before. She still kicked a goal, didn't she? Yeah. Look, yeah, good on her. It's an indication, though, that she was only allowed to play if Melbourne had no other fit players. And that's yeah. a sad indictment because they've lost another player with their knee this week too. Is that Lampart? She needs a full surgery as well. That's come through in the last 24 hours. So I think they're up to seven at their club yeah. on knees. So I'd be looking at the physio and the sports department and something's going wrong there, isn't there? Yeah. For them all to come from one club? It certainly raises a question, doesn't it, about strength and conditioning. You can't ignore that. I mean, we're not going to cast any aspersions about what's going on at Melbourne. Of course but we are. Seven... <laughs> Why wouldn't we? <laughs> when Nat says we, what she really means. <laughs> uh. But 
Um, the Blues totally outplayed them, didn't yeah. they? They're a classy outfit, Carlton, aren't they? Yeah. You know, I think everyone's talking about North and Fremantle and even Melbourne ahead of Carlton. But last week we touched, we touched on this and I think Carlton is sort of the smoky. I mean, whether we'll get to see what they can do over a final mm. series or not. But, you know, they've been performing consistently well and getting better incrementally each year. Uh, watch out for them, I think. The yeah. difference between the two was that, say at Melbourne, their stars were the best players with Paxman, Pierce, O'Day... Poor, but at Carlton, they had the young guns. They had McAvoy, they had Georgia G, they had Grace Egan, they had Presparkas Pound, and uh, Lula Weefy. Yes, and yep. also Pres- those young kids were the ones who were the stars of the show. So that was the difference. But I've got to say, in the last few minutes, um, Melbourne had an opportunity to really get back in the game but they had five, they had the last five scoring shots and they missed every single one of them yeah um cunningham hor o'day she missed two uh and i think even perko missed two as well they missed plenty they had all the ball and they could not you score so point, yes. their own fault i'm still gonna love perko till the end of time <laughs> Me too. anyway uh western bulldogs versus Fremantle dock as well Dockers just proved that they are the best team in the comp right now. Yeah, look, Frio and Dockers, it's a what a ripper match. They are between them that the match set the record for the highest aggregate score between two AFLW sides. So it was 66-51 in favour of Frio. And what an interesting game. I mean the doggies looked like they were I can't say all over them, but they were going to, you know, get them. Um, and the Dockers came home super strong, kicking four in the last term to to nab them. Um, so you know dogs are up three quarter time and uh, yeah. Anyway, look Lots of the regular dogs popped up, you know, through their midfield. But I think the highlight for them was probably Huntington. You mentioned Huntington on the microphone, Nat. But sweeping across the half-back line, she looks pretty good as well. Now, she was their number one draft pick a couple of years ago and, of course, did her knee terribly. Um, Young player. She is just a sensation. I saw her play quite a bit of junior football and, you know, probably her and Conti just stood out head and shoulders above everybody else. So it's been – I've been waiting anxiously and, and, um, you know – with a lot of excitement to see her really click into place, and I think it's there now for her. On the back line, though. On the, yes, we've been across yeah. the back line. Yeah. It's interesting. So, she still scored a goal too, I think. Yeah, that's right. And she's so, the kind of player you could genuinely put anywhere, including ruck or, you know, playing on the ball. Um, but across the half-back line seems to be her spot. So Ali Blackburn is the, her usual, you know, stellar self. She had two goals, um, and McCarthy a shout-out as well. For Frio, though, so Ashley Sharp up forward alongside with Mia Ray Clifford just dominated the forward line. The usual Kiara Bowers show, you know, and she just rolls on with her tackling, um, you know, demonstrations. Um, the Antonios, so the Antonio family, as mm. we like to say, as is being bandied about at the moment. <laughs> Ebony Antonio had 19 touches. Um, notable, too, that Duffy and Houghton were well held for Frio, mm. but they still had no trouble with their avenues to goal. Tracy had said last week, Tracy Kick had mentioned that she thought Houghton dropped too many marks to get on the forward line in our team that we'd listed. And I watched her drop plenty on the weekend, mm. but what she also does is scoops it up or gets taps it onto someone else. She causes a muck in that sort of marking contest and she never stops. She's always on the go and always running and creating a bit of a havoc up, up forward. So she's a, an exciting player. Um, one of my highlights was um, Danielle Marshall. I think they called, said she was an American soccer player. She had a shot at goal, oh. lined up. Kicked on a right boot straight into the play on the mark, who I think it was Bowers. Um, but she regathered 
ran out towards the boundary line and then snapped on her left boot. So she went from right boot to left boot and snagged the goal. So absolutely There's not too many players who can kick beautifully. You know, if a preference was a right boot but could still kick from, say, 30 on a left. But like it's the second or the third or whatever try that some players just don't go for. Plenty of players would have just gone, oh, I missed it. That's really bad. And she went for that second try. It was just a second attempt. It was brilliant to watch. And And Daniel is a player that uh, Kiwis had a bit of contact with and she's been so excited to see her uh, perform so well. Uh, in the US, they don't have fields to practice on. This mm. is this is a this is a remarkable feat. Everything's new to her. For a player from it? the US. It's it's brilliant to see it and it's so exciting to um to see not just uh, a player be listed not just to play play well, but to to have that kind of skill and that kind of tenacity. Mm. It's a thrill it to watch. It was well, indeed. The opposite of that highlight might have been the low light for poor Katie Jane Grieve, who gave away a one hundred <sighs> meter penalty and a got like hundred and cost them the goal. Yep. You know, she I think gave away the you know got caught holding the ball to begin with, and then gave away the fifty meter penalty for not giving the ball back correctly, and then tried to tackle the player coming through <laughs> on her run. On. Yeah, yeah, look, you know, yeah. I really feel for it. Just well, just a brain snap, I think, you know, which happens to all of us. So, what's her background? Do uh, you know? She's she's a local. She, she should know better. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of. Because we can forgive some of the players who've come from other codes. Who no, I think recently... she's local, but I, you just yeah. have, there's sometimes those moments. Uh, yeah, happen. I just I just wanted a bit of context. I probably yeah. should have looked that up before the show. But um, Frio, that's right. She's a yeah, Frio player. Had, so so at, at that um, time of the game, it was you know it was, looked it was quite costly. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think that Quite put uh, Bulldogs up by three points, I think, or mm. a two yeah, or three points. Yeah, put them in front. So right. at the yep. time I was thinking, Momentum. oh, my God, if Bulldogs win by by six points, um, <laughs> God help her. Mm. But it didn't turn out that way, thank goodness. But, uh, wow, that was a big scare. I think it was a like Western Bulldogs, none of us thought that they would push Frio. So I'm happy for them that they're going to finish off the season in better shape than they started, really. Yeah. Didn't they? So yeah. Something to work towards anyway. I'm already writing the season off, as you noticed. <laughs> it's the last game for everyone. <laughs> right. I think so. We mm. might as well think so. Uh, so I don't – was there anything else we wanted to say about Giants versus Crows? No? That'll Go be. Giants. Big, big sound. Big, big sound. And West Coast Eagles versus Suns. Well, look, I really hoped that the West Coast Eagles would get up, but they, they didn't. They And in the end, you know what I was hoping? Just kick a goal. Just kick a goal. Mm. Just right. kick a goal so that you don't have the lowest score in this Well, in do you know what I think? Kick a goal, kick a goal, so you don't do pants down. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so Hayley Bullis will be carried off the field and drink sport for, for the whole You can't end up with that. That would have been a disaster after mm. all the bad talk about the lowest score for Richmond during the week. So yay to Haley. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Uh, so yep. Suns. So, well, the Suns, this was their third road trip in a row. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. They've been pushed around a lot. Yeah. There was all this talk about, oh, Melbourne's had to travel for the first time ever. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor Melbourne. So, so then the Suns get pushed around. Uh, anyway, please do, go and on. And do we hear them complain? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so they, so the Suns recorded a 25-point win over a fairly hapless Eagles. It was the score was 33-8. to eight. And, you know, what do you say when you've only scored a goal for the match? And the last goal too. I, think. I know goal, what I right, say. Yeah. Maddie Collier wasn't playing. And if she had been? Well, she might have scored another goal. <laughs> you might be right or about that. Or been good in defence or done great stuff in mids. I don't know. She... She was a very late exclusion, and I didn't hear why that was. 
but I was surprised because it, w- it was quite a late decision. Um, I was sad not to see her because she is another ex-GWS player. Yeah, another one. So the Suns have been quite the revelation this season, really. Uh, it's certainly been the pick of the expansion sides. And um, they actually keep a slim finals hope alive by winning that match. Um, it's slim, but they're only one win outside of the top three in Conference B, which, of course, if somehow it expands to four, as the players want, then they're in. So that'd be, you know, a bit of a marvel, really, for them. Um, but the, the contest was, a you know, it was a really sort of a lot of hard contested footy in this match. And I think while the Eagles brought immense pressure. It just wasn't enough as Gold Coast converted their chances with, with a bit more class. The Eagles really lacked a lot of finish. They just didn't hit targets very well. Interestingly, West Coast actually won the disposals count, the clearances and the inside 50s, three significant areas that are looked at and considered, but they were comprehensively beaten. Um, now that tells us, of course, that Gold Coast are just using the footy better. Uh, the standout for the Suns would be Kalinda Howarth, who scored four goals. So that's yeah. another four-goal scorer. She was actually the difference between the two teams. I mean, mm. her four goals was a different in the margin because when you looked at all the stats, and I know stats aren't everything, but West Coast had a lot of players contributing, like Kelly Gibson, Ashley Aikens, Emma Swanson, Belinda Smith had her best game ever, and Dana Hooker, 31 possessions, and yet they lost by four goals, and that was Kalinda Howarth with her four goals. Yeah. It was a, a, a more even game played it was just a scoreboard scoreboard yeah and it was just a scoreboard that was the difference I mean sometimes I think we we talk stats way too much but that's that's a good time to look at those and see wow look how close the stats are and yet the result is so different Mm. interesting stuff okay moving on let's talk about the tribunal five reports this week our most consistent member of the tribunal reports is Astro <laughs> Connor from Geelong, her third visit. Um, What's and going yet, on, Astro? Well, striking Vivian um, Sade from North Melbourne. If she goes early, she can pay 700 bucks, which I'm sure she'll do. It was intentional contact, low impact and body um, something. I can't read my writing. <laughs> but it was a third offence. Yes. So, How yeah. many? One, two, three. Oh, look, have a week off, Asta, and control your temper. I think the game's going past her. And she's getting a little bit frustrated. Go and take a walk on a beach or yeah, something. something like that. Um, <laughs> Emily Bates got reported for slamming into the back of um, uh, of Lauren but- um, Butters, was it, from Collingwood? Uh, $400 fine for rough conduct. Maddie Presparkas is up for rough conduct. Sabrina Duffy striking. And Amy Schmidt from GWS for striking Angela Foley. And they can all just take um, the fine as well. Yeah. Now, I, I noticed something this weekend and maybe as former players, you can you can uh, shed a bit of light. Would I have seen a player go for a tackle, running so running behind the player they were about to tackle, and go to do the tackle would actually make it a little bit of a punch in the tum tum region? Is that a thing? Uh, only if you're a Collingwood player. <laughs> no, no, it was it was someone who may or may not have won the best and fairest. In the past, and yeah, look, I don't know whether you can. It'd be a timing thing, and I don't know if you can think to run, tackle, grab, hold, and punch at the same time. It may have just been a coincidence. Yeah, okay. I would think. (laughs) No, I reckon if you've seen it that way, Fee, it probably is. (laughs) No, you're looking at through naive (laughs) eyes. (laughs) It would have been an accident. Talking to me through a patronising microphone (laughs) (laughs) needs a footy education. That's it. That's it. Okay. Let's give our tips for next week. Richmond Tigers versus Lions. 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 
Blues versus West Coast Eagles. Oh, come on, West Coast Eagles, surprise us. No, no way. Carlton. Carlton will kill them. Yep, don't care. Uh, North Melbourne Roos versus Western Bulldogs. Well, I think it'll be the Roos. I think it'll be the Roos, but it'll be closer than we perhaps think. On uh, Bulldogs' form this week, yeah. yeah. And North might just take the pedal off, foot off the pedal a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Giants versus Cats. I'm going for Giants. Now, I'm very sad about this because I was going to go – various events have kept me away from a Giants game and so I was definitely going to make this one out at Parramatta at Giants Stadium this weekend. Good weather Um, too, I think, for this stage. I think it's going to be quite a bit of a scorcher actually, Mm. which we don't mind. And that's not a field you can actually hang off the fence and stare through either. It's not accessible that way. No, it's a closed stadium, isn't it? Unlike Blacktown. Yeah, you could have got over the far side. But no, Giants for me, I think they're on a real roll and I think Eva will be back, which means someone has to be dropped unfortunately. Yeah, right. Well, actually, Alan will, will probably be? be right too, I imagine. Jess Allen. Yeah. Not Alan Not McConnell. Alan McConnell. <laughs> Which is well, what I thought too. I've been calling that. for that for two seasons now, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to me eventually. Oh. At least you got the surname right. <laughs> Suns versus Crows. I'm going to go for Suns. I think the Crows are on the decline significantly, and I think the Suns are on the rise. Oh, nice. I see what you did there. <laughs> Oh, I think don't we have fines for dad jokes? Fines. <laughs> <laughs> Adelaide will well, hold on. Client. I think a tight oh, game with reckon? Adelaide. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Suns too. Fee. I think they've got a lot more to play for, and they're at home. And I was going to say of that in front crowd. of them. Yeah, that's right. But no, you know, you feel the home ground advantage anyway. I think Suns just. Okay. Dockers versus Demons. Well, I think it's it only makes sense that to imagine the Dockers coming out on on top. Yep. Agreed. Um, I know I'm going to throw in a furphy. I actually think that Demons might win this one. I think no home ground advantage for the Dockers without the crowd and that I think Melbourne are desperate to make that three, if not the four, depending on what the finals program is or whatever. All right, Fremantle Dockers versus Demons. I'm going for the Dockers because I think they are going to remain on top. Yeah, Dockers at home. It is too good at the moment. I'm going to throw in... The Demons, I think they're going to have a win this week to get themselves into the finals. They can't lose on percentage again. And so, yeah, so Demons are travelling yes. this weekend. Demons travelling to Perth. Travelling to Perth. Mm. And Which is finally, about the same as going to Casey Fields from Central Melbourne anyway. So. That's right. So maybe it won't affect them at all. Maybe you're right, Nat. Let's find out. And so Magpies versus St Kilda. Well, I think that the Magpies are going to... Um, going to win over St Kilda, even though I think it'll be a good match. Mm, I agree. St Kilda really have their tails up, don't they? But uh, Collingwood, again, probably more to play for. Agree. That's it. And so one last thing we didn't quite fit into our live show is the news from the Hall of Fame, which is that one Debbie Lee has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, look, that's just... um uh, such a fantastic thing for Debbie herself and also for women's footy. You know, she's been one of those tireless workers. I'm trying to think how to not use cliches here, you know, but she started playing footy in 1991 and I really wish I could list all of Debbie's achievements. But It's just we'd have a whole separate podcast in itself just to talk about, um, you know, what she has done for in her uh, individual 
uh, efforts in football, but also for the game. But she, you know, right from the outset has been on committee after committee. She helped to run the Victorian Women's Football League for a long time and really got the expansion of the national um, competition going. You know, she works at Melbourne now as the female head of female football there. Um, there's there's not much to say about Debbie that's negative. You know, she was an incredible player in herself, uh, known as Diesel. So that gives you some idea of how she played the game. Um just a leader in so many senses of the word. And I am I played against, I played one game with Debbie Lee, in fact, and then I, I did play a little bit of state football with her. She was my captain for quite a few years, um, but also against her many, many times and, you know, very healthy rivalry with uh, her team at St. Albans. Um, I just, I'm so excited for Debbie. I'm ecstatic, actually, that she's gotten this and it's, it's a very uh, rich and fitting reward. And Nat, you captain New South Wales against uh, one I, Debbie Lee captaining I Victoria. Did indeed, and um, she was yeah, she was you know deservedly be the captain. She was a great leader, and she never sort of look. Victoria was so good; they just they could have flaunted their skill and ability against our, us as New South Wales coming into the comp. But they were gracious and they were encouraging, and she was always terrific. I love the way that I heard her say the other day that she started out not telling anyone she played AFL. She was embarrassed, and here she is up on stage getting the biggest award in the AFL world and um, embracing it. And yeah, hats off to her and uh, congratulations to Debbie. So Kiwi was um, a guest on a sister podcast last week, um, Chicks Talking Footy, and she was talking about uh, starting in the State League not long after beginning her career in in Aussie rules football and um, that her recollection was that the, the, the wish of the New South Wales team was, because they knew they weren't going to win, was to put one Debbie Lee on her bum. Wouldn't have been under my leadership. It must have been the years Are I was you gone. Sure about positive, that, because you, if you called her Diesel, I don't think I knew that was her name. But that would be an indication of how strong her core strength would be. It would take a hell of a lot to knock her over, and you know what? You'd then have to pay for it afterwards. Would have been my thinking, and that's not my game. I don't want to be running away scared from anyone. <laughs> I need to make a quick correction. I've just said that Debbie. Uh, works for Melbourne Footy Club. She has in the past worked for Melbourne Footy Club. She currently works at the Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yeah, and no, I got that wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Saved. Yeah. Well done. All right. Well, if this well, is our last one, thank you all. Yeah, thank thanks you. very much thanks to, to SER who have been wonderful hosts for us. Thank you to Anthony Dockerell, Program Manager, who has been our champion since day one. Thank you to Michael Jones, who has been panelling for us today. And thank you to you, our listeners, because we do it for you. And for our love of the game. And as I said at the start of this season's pod, we want the league to succeed and we want the players to succeed. So we don't know what that's going to look like from this day forth because things things are changing on a daily basis. But we wish the players and the clubs all the very best and uh, we'll see you on the other side. And so for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to, to the, the Coat Hanger. hanger.